feel like we've almost taken a step back to the 1950s, you know, where where families gather, kids play outside, there's no electronics that, you know, the things the kids in the US are on their tablets, they sit at dinner and they're talking, there's none of that here. It's, it's beautiful and it's pure. On the Choose to Think podcast, I will encourage and empower you to engage and optimize your best thought life in practical, meaningful ways so that you can live day by day in joy, peace, and God's purpose despite all externals. This is Victoria, and welcome back to the Choose to Think podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, everybody, to the Choose to Think podcast. This is Victoria, and I'm so glad that you're here today. You and I both are in for an amazing treat. I have on the show today a special guest. Her name is Dana Hagstrom, and she and her husband currently live in Mexico. So when I was going through the list of applicants to be on the show, I thought, oh my goodness, I have a little bit of a tie to Mexico and that I studied there when I was an, an undergraduate. And of course, I speak Spanish. I have that degree. I went on to study later. And many of you know that about me already. But anyway, that and I've been back to Mexico a couple of times, several times, and I love the country and the people. And what was so curious to me about Dana is that she and her husband, and I'm going to say, I think it was five years ago, they decided they would move to Mexico. So I want to know all about that, because to me, that sounds like a really bold move. And I want to dig around a little bit on that whole notion of moving and how do you do that? And where where's your family and just thoughts and maybe hurdles that they had to overcome, even in their thinking, maybe God called them there. But anyway, I want to find out all about that. But and I'm going to read your bio in just a second, Dana. But welcome to the Choose to Think podcast. We're really glad that you're here. Oh, thank you so much, Victoria. I am so delighted to be here. I love love sharing the story and how God is working in this world. Amen. That's wonderful. That, that's always a topic I love to talk about as well. So let me share with the listeners just a little bit about you, Dana. And from her, her bio, it says this, Dana and her husband, David, are co-founders of D&D Online Marketing Solutions, a faith-based coaching firm. David retired from the pulpit and and Dana left the courtroom behind to move abroad in 2016. They now empower other Christian solopreneurs, think entrepreneur, but maybe just someone kind of flying solo. I call myself a nanopreneur, so it's kind of like that, to realize success online. They do this using their own proprietary process, quote, your pathway to profit. It stands alone as a course for the DIY crowd, and it's also the basic curriculum used with their one-on-one coaching clients. Use correctly, clients say goodbye to overwhelm and learn how to break through to positive cash flow and liberating profit. Dana has also published a book series of Bible reflections known as Devotions on the Go. So this is all just so exciting to me. And I wonder just right off the bat, did you and David, your husband, did you launch that in Mexico after you had moved or did you already have that going here? And I'm thinking you moved from the States. Is that right? 
That's right. We left Iowa. We were, David was pastoring a church in Iowa when we got this notion to move abroad. And that's a whole story I can tell you in a second. But no, your pathway to profit was born here in Mexico as part of our new ministry. So okay. So talk about that, Dana, as far as you're here, you are in Iowa, you're doing life as normal. I'm not sure about your family background or if, if you have children or parents, siblings, and where they might be. But at some point, maybe God laid on your heart that you need to leave the States or did you already have connections to Mexico? Oh, I, all of the things, um, I can just, I'll just tell the story. And I think all of those pieces will come out. Um, we were pastoring, David was pastoring a small congregation in Iowa. We have four children, but none of them lived in Iowa. And it was a small congregation. They didn't know anybody there. So for them to come visit us on holidays and that sort of thing, it was it was travel for them. And then when they were there, they were stuck in this small town that had no no appeal to young adults. Right. So that that was a piece of it. But the the night that I'll never forget that changed our lives was I was doing the do, you know, I was a paralegal working, you know, commuting every day. So 30 to 40 minute commute one way. It doesn't sound horrible now that I say it, but while I was doing it, that's a lot of time, you know, to that, that I, I, I was wasting, you know, cause I have a lot of things on my plate. Right. But David came to me one night, he'd been unbeknownst to me crunching our retirement numbers because he's he's a bit older than me and you know the congregation was struggling to pay our salaries and we were living in a parsonage so you know it they were giving us as much as they could but he said to me honey you know we're gonna have to work another six or eight years unless we choose to retire to Mexico this year well he was kind of joking but that joke turned into being our our path and I think in that moment, I couldn't imagine when he said that I couldn't imagine six or eight more years with the struggling congregation. And I know, you know, he was um, when we got there, we had looked at other churches, we'd applied and we were, you know, they always hired the younger guy, right, mm -hmm. or gal. And so um, I just knew well, Mexico sounds great. You know, we'd had friends from Mexico. We'd been invited to go with them to see their families that still lived in Mexico. So Mexico wasn't a fearful thing to us. It was kind of an exciting thing, but it had always been like a vacation spot. But right out of my mouth came, let's do it. Wow. And then the next thing that out of my mouth is, well, let's pray first. <laughs> right. And yeah, let's so see what God thinks about this. And prayed and prayed. And yeah, yeah, this might be a good, a good thing. Well, it sounds great. But what does God say? And all the doors started opening. We talked to our financial advisor and he thought it was a brilliant idea. He says, oh, yes, you know, your dollar is going to go a lot farther in Mexico. And um, you're homeless once you leave this church. So you're going to need to find a place to live. You're going to have to buy a house. And I don't think that's going to work for you in the States just yet. So that's what we did. And we 
in a year's time, packed up everything, sold a lot of things. Looking back, we would have sold a lot more or put things in storage. Moving things abroad is expensive. And that was an expense we were willing to do at the time just because we didn't know any better. Um, and, you know, there's those memories and those things that you just can't let go of and get rid of. So a lot of those things came with us. And if we were doing this recording in my husband's studio, it's wall to wall books. And he brought every single one of them to Mexico. Oh, so um, it was a process. It was a process. And we we our kids are kind of split we've got four two of them thought it was the coolest thing we ever did you know and um the other two are like oh, why did you have to leave us but mm. we've become a destination now you know they're all back in the states except one lives in japan so he also is off living his dream abroad and we all four kids have come to see us you know, and vacation here with us. And it's been our goal to, you know, have them come more often. But with kids come in and getting passports and, you know, traveling abroad is not simple. It's not jumping in the car, putting your suitcase in the trunk and going to see grandma and grandpa. It's, you know, it takes some planning, it takes some, you know, juggling of things. So in retrospect, it isn't maybe as easy as we had thought at first. But we're here and we love it and we've made friends and God's given us some new directions that we weren't quite ready for, or we weren't quite expecting, let's say. I'm sure. Let me ask you this, Dana, after you made the decision to actually move abroad, and it sounds like you did get some feedback from your children, of course, was there a moment during that process when you thought maybe this isn't what we need to do or did were you ever feel filled with doubt about making this big choice I, i'm thinking that there may be some listeners who are entertaining that idea because are you now called like an expat expatriate is that kind of your title or do i have that wrong you can be an expat anywhere in the world if you're not from the country that you were born and raised in. So we are expats here. And in answer to your question, no, I never had any doubt. I never did. And I think that's what pushed us forward. It, you know, people were thinking we were crazy. Why would you leave the States? Everything that's familiar. Um, but those kind of comments were typically coming from people who had their family all around them. And certainly if our kids were even in driving distance, that would have not have necessarily been one of our, you know, it may not have even been on our radar to leave the country. Mm -hmm. So I know you would have gotten rid of more stuff before you moved and not tried to transport that across the border, but was there anything else that you might have done differently before coming or before actually leaving the country and, and arriving in Mexico? Anything else you would have done? I can't think of anything that really is what David and I often say is one thing we wish we'd done differently. We luckily found a great course and um, a company that was helping people with the transitions. Okay. And so we took that and we meticulously did all of the all of the stuff that it said to do. You know, we had a checklist, we had, you know, a spreadsheet. We we were really prepared for the most part. It was just hard to kind of give away and get away some of the things that um, 
mm -hmm. we couldn't let go of. Do you remember quickly. the name of that company Did, by chance? I don't, but I I should. I I, I, could, I could find it. I could okay. find it and I could let you know if you wanted yeah. to include that sure. later on. Yeah, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes for sure, just in case someone else wants a reference point, maybe a starting point for them. And I'm wondering about Spanish. Did you speak Spanish? No, actually. Um, but, you know, in that year's time, we we started a blog and we started reviewing language learning programs. Mm -hmm. So we were dabbling in learning Spanish before we got here. And we've been doing that ever since. Of course, immersing yourself in the culture is really, I think, the best way to learn. Um, and I can't say that I'm fluent, but I can understand a lot and I can have conversations and I can get the job done if I need something. I know right. where to go and I know how to say what I want. And a lot of the tools that are out there right now really make it easy. And having moved to the area we did, there are a lot of expats here. And so therefore the Mexican people, there are a lot of English speakers. So that's almost, given us the crutch we didn't want we wanted to be fluent by now right. <laughs> but there's just too many english speakers it's easy to start talking in spanish and trying your best to get your point across and then have them say well would you rather have this conversation in english <laughs> right and then you know perfect english you just kind of have to laugh and then that's like oh okay was it that bad you know well they'll say it in perfect english They'll, they'll respond, okay. well, you want to have this conversation in English? And you're like, okay. oh, you speak English. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I see. I gotcha. All right. What, um, what area of Mexico do you all live in? We live in, we live south of Guadalajara. So we're inland about four hours from the West Coast. We are in a community on Lake Chapala. Hmm. So it's this humongous lake in Mexico, and there's a series of communities, a lakeside, we call it, and it's simply beautiful oh. in the mountains at about the same altitude as Denver, but we don't see any snow. Mm. And it's, we have a rainy season that's just delightful where everything gets green and lush. And that's usually between June and August. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we'll kind of go into a fall. New flowers bloom. That's how I knew it's fall. We got orange flowers that bloom. And in January, pink flowers bloom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and in February, purple flowers bloom. I mean, it's... Wow earth trees i should say the purple trees are gorgeous right. how did you choose that location oh my husband he's quite the planner we had a spreadsheet of different locations and in fact we've thought about moving back to the united states to have you know live in two places so we have a residence for the kids in the u.s and a residence here for us um but a spreadsheet of what we'd be looking for you know, close to airports, hospitals, mm -hmm. you know, all of the things. And um, this is the one that rose to the top. And we came and visited and we fell in love with it. Wow, so, sounds beautiful. Tell yeah. me about the pro back to the program on Spanish programs and how to learn Spanish. Which one as you were researching came to the top for you as far as that goes? Um. Well, I know Benny Lewis, his book, 
I've got, I'm looking at it right now, language hacking. I enjoyed that one. I asked lingo is one that I stayed with for this whole period. You know, I got to the top of it and then, you know, I got it finished. David got it finished. It was great. And we're currently working through a new one. Um, and I'm trying to remember that one is, I haven't done a review on it yet, but that's very conversational, focusing on conversation. So. Um, Wonderful. Yeah, I have a few people. I know one person in particular who's trying to learn Spanish and I'm, I'm with you that times have changed so much. I mean, it used to be Rosetta Stone, Rosetta Stone. And now yes. everything is, it's readily available. So many different apps and even social language learning sites that, that folks can visit and chat with native speakers and they can use it, their English and, and then try their Spanish. It's, it's just a great world to kind of learn a foreign language. However, yes, the age old truth that being immersed in the culture and the language is the best way and the fastest way, I think still really is true. So well, let's talk about a little bit about now you're in Mexico and you haven't really looked back. It sounds like you didn't have too many regrets or self-limiting kind of thoughts or fears kind of going into this huge adventure. And now you're there. Did anything crop up then? Or were you still just, this is our decision, this is how we're going to play this out, and you just, did you pray your way through anything or any sticky moments along the way? Uh, you know, it's been, it's been beautiful. We've met great people. We got involved in a church. Um, in fact, the pastor of that church ended up leaving and David stepped in as pastor for a couple years. And so it was, we always thought of that as kind of God's sense of humor. We thought we were retired, but no, God, you're never retired. You're always, you should always be looking for opportunities to serve. And yes. it was quite the blessing for him to, to fill that role and um, to use his gifts in that way. Mm -hmm. I think probably the biggest of, if I wanted to think of all of the things we've lived through, we've, we've seen a lot down here and I love how the Mexican people just love on us. Mm -hmm. And when, when things might not be quote unquote safe, they tell you don't go out at night, you know, just stay home. You don't need to go out. It's, but we've never felt fearful. I know I get that question a lot. Are you afraid to live in Mexico? And no, I am not. Um, I there's places in the United States I'd be fearful to live, mm -hmm. and you just you just use your common sense. Um, but we're going through a, a series of situations right now. We had a an accident with our car in Guadalajara. Um, now it's been well. It was back in April. Mm -hmm. um, we, we were fine, but the car was totaled. We were hit by a semi. Wow. Well, um, we've learned how to be patient. We still do not have insurance settlement and we may never see an insurance settlement. So we've been living without a vehicle since April. That I think when it first happened and in the first couple months where we were, you know, 
unbelievable, you know, that it could take so much time to have such a, to have a resolution. We were thinking, oh, we've got to move back to the States. We can't take this anymore. And what's funny is in the United States, I was a paralegal doing personal injury work. So, you know, a lot of car accidents and a lot of that. And I know how insurance companies work in the U.S. And I, I transferred that knowledge in my head. It doesn't work like that here. Right. right. <laughs> so it all of my years of experience have helped me not at all in that other than just we're learning patience. And I and we've just turned it over to God. So, yes, he is definitely we are praying our way through that situation. Mm. And um Thank you for sharing that. And besides, or in addition to patience, can you think of something else that has been a little bit trying for you or maybe mindset shifts that you've had, a new way of looking at things? Patience, I could see would be a big one because we're used to everything just like this here in the United States, the whole instant gratification. I want my Mm -hmm. meal. I want it now we're, we're used to being catered to as customers and so forth. And everything generally comes fast. I mean, we can order anything on Amazon and it's there within two days on our doorstep. Think about that. But is there anything else that's happened or on your behalf or David's that has impacted you in that way, like your mindsets or your, your new perspective on thinking now that you're living in another, in a different country? Well, the pace of life here, like you said, you know, there's nothing instant. So that has really caused us to just focus more on ourselves. And I think when we were working and going in our separate directions, you know, pastor works weekends, paralegal doesn't, paralegal works during the day and a pastor works at night, you know, I think our marriage is stronger because Mm -hmm. of the choice to retire. Now we could have retired in the US had it all worked that way, but coming here, the pace of life, and seeing how, you know, the Mexican people, they're, they're so, I don't know, they're, they just are so loving and they're so family oriented and they're so helpful. It's really helped us. I feel like we've almost taken a step back to the 1950s, wow. you know, where, where families gather, kids play outside. There's no electronics that you know, the things, the kids in the U.S., they're on their tablets, they sit at dinner and they're talking. There's none of that here. It's, it's beautiful and it's pure. And that's one of the things that I cherish. We go back to the United States to visit and sure, it's great to have all that thing, the instant stuff and to go in a grocery store and see a million choices for the same item. (laughs) Here you have one choice, you know, and you get that. Um, But I think the biggest thing is how we both taken more time for us it's it's how you know my devotional blog came to be on the book series and now we've got a christian association that just launched for other christian businesses it's we're able to just rest and let god pour into us what he wants to pour into us and we we're actually able to listen and hear um I think that one of my favorite Bible verses, Psalm 46, 10, be still and know I am God. 
that has always been one of my favorite. And I always had a hard time being still. Just so many things happening all the time. Where now that's what I cherish most about this life we're living, this season of life, is that I do have the opportunity to be still and to listen for God's voice. That's beautiful. And the thought of slowing down sounds so appealing to me, just personally. And many of my listeners also were in the same boat here. And we have to really practice slowing down. And we have to be so intentional about taking time out for God and not getting caught up in the hubbub. Here we are in December and the holidays and this mad dash. And for me, I can quickly kind of become a little bit out of balance and it's, it can be tricky to navigate. And I'm with you. I don't like going to Walmart or Kroger and to just try to weed my way through buying a decongestant or an allergy pill or it's overwhelming to me, actually. I can remember I have dear friends from Guatemala and well, actually they they live here in the States, but they adopted a son from Guatemala and they visited often and had a ministry there. They would stay extended periods there. And she told me that that was one of the, her overwhelmed moments, just coming back to buy cough syrup and how do you buy cough syrup? And here in the States, it is, it's so different. And so it does require a lot of intention on our parts. And just kind of quickly, I'm curious, what is your, your life like, like a day in your life from when you get up to when you go to bed and the time that you spend with God, obviously you value devotionals and you've written devotionals and that's important to you, but what, how does that look like? How does that play out in your life? some of the the things that are are new and different for us are that both david and i we pray together at least once a day whether it's you know generally it's before we even get out of bed it's it's a beautiful time to just really set the intention for the day and welcome god into it and be ready to experience the beauty that he has for us and that's totally different than it ever was. You know, we're able to, to you know, I'll, then I'll get up, we'll exercise, we both swim. We have a pool that's in walking distance. So we, we do our exercise, then I'll make some breakfast. We eat it outside on our terrace. And then, and then it's like two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And so then it becomes, okay, do I have appointments? Do I have interviews? Do I have, what is it that I have to do business-wise while people in the United States are still in their day? Um, and then usually evening is when I'll start, you know, really diving into to the word and I'll mm -hmm. write and I'll do my writing. Um, it's when I'll do some of my networking with, you know, some of the other business leaders that we work with sure. and, um, it's, I play music. So I, you know, spend a, an hour a day, maybe playing some music, doing either worship or I've dug out some of my old classics from, from college. And that's been quite an, uh, eye-opening experience. My fingers don't work like they did in college. <laughs> 
<laughs> I've been leading worship for years and I can do what you need to do for that. But to play the classics like I used to, that's that's my new focus, I think, for 2022 is to get some of my, my chops back. So that would be great. But it's just a beautiful life. I love it. I love this season. Okay, so tell me, Dana, where you see yourself in five years. Five years, I would say we're going to have a house here and we're going to have a house in the United States. We're going to be traveling with our family on a regular basis. Um, we're going to be supporting an orphanage um, more than we are able to now. Um, we've our hearts we have an orphanage right next door hearing these children um it, it, my heart just i love it i love it i love it um why do you be, why do you love see, that um well i've always loved kids a lot um one of my favorite jobs was in between when David was at a church where I couldn't find a, a paralegal job, I was the children's ministry director. And we had 400 kids in our program. And it was such a delight to experience and grow my faith working with them. Because the children, they don't have all the hangups that adults do about faith. They start to learn about Jesus and they, they're, they're excited. So I think that's part of it. Mm, that's wonderful. How about writing a children's book? That that's definitely um, that's a great one. Yeah, <laughs> I like I'm going to yeah. officially challenge you to do that. Okay, I think that would okay. be great. It would be such a good shoe in for you because you have the passion, you have the perspective. You live beside an orphanage. I don't know if I know anyone who lives beside an orphanage. So the tenderness that's involved in that and your heart already. Yeah, I think that's just going to be a great challenge for you. So I'll buy it. I'll be your first buyer on that book. Okay. I have little All right, Victoria. All right. <laughs> Add that to the list. Definitely. Oh my goodness. Definitely. Yeah. This has been so fun, Dana. And I've got like, I don't know, 2.5 billion more questions about, about leaving the country. And I, I'm not necessarily personally interested in doing that, but it sounds almost idyllic in so many ways. I kind of like the idea of maybe having two homes. That sounds really nice to me, but I, with my grandbabies and my children and my children are close. My parents are living, they live maybe 40 minutes away on the interstate and my sister. So I'm very much rooted here. So don't worry kids, oh, yeah. if my kids are listening and they're probably not, <laughs> but I'm not going anywhere. I do travel and I, and they know that. And, and I think they love that, but I, you know, just this, this lifestyle is very interesting to have kind of heard your perspective. And I have two more questions. And one of them is, and I think you've kind of answered this. And I understood that there's really nothing you would have done differently in this decision. And now you can see the fruit of your labor and, everybody's accustomed to this new lifestyle and new family dynamic. What could you talk to a listener who might be interested in actually making this step? And maybe she and her husband want to do something just like this. What would be the first thing or two that you would 
tell them? What advice or counsel would you give them before they actually do that? What would you say? Well, definitely I would, you know, they'd want to talk to someone that's done it. Um, they would want to visit at least one place. You know, we fell in love with it and we'd already done our due diligence with, you know, stuff, but, but have in mind what, what you're looking for. Um, and then, and then check it out and do your due diligence and, and then keep the lines of communication open through that whole process. Cause I know I've, I've met couples that have tried to move here and it's one or the other of them isn't comfortable, but they don't want to tell the other one because they're afraid they'll hurt their feelings or, you know, that it's going to hurt their marriage or something. I don't even know what the reasons might be, but definitely think, keep the lines of communication open and make sure you're both truly on the same page. Mm, that's great. Great counsel. Thank you for sharing that. And the last question is how can my listeners reach out to you? Some of the listeners are entrepreneurs and they're small business owners. They're nanas like I am. They are travelers. They may have interest in in doing something just like you've done. They may want coaching of some sort or to join your association, or maybe they just want to ask you some questions about this whole experience. So what is the best way for, for everyone to contact you? And we're going to put everything in the show notes, but go ahead and say it anyway. All right. Well, you know, I'm all over social media, um, but my, my devotional blog is be-still.org. And so that's the best place for, I mean, you can get on my newsletter list there. You'll be getting, you know, emails from me. When, if you get an email from me, just shoot an email back and say, hey, I saw you on Victoria's podcast. I really want to have a conversation. Or, you know, our, our, um, my husband's and my business um, website is davidndana.com. That's david, the letter N, dana.com. Same thing there. You can connect with us. Okay. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your heart and a little bit about what you do and what it's like to live in Mexico. I've loved it. So thank you so much. Dana. I've, I've enjoyed it too. It, it's always delightful to, to make new friends. And that's a wrap, Brain Changer. Thank you so much for tuning in. And say, if you like what you hear, please consider sharing this link to the show with a friend or a family member who you think might be encouraged by the inspiring and hope-filled messages that I try to put out every single week. So thank you so much for your support. And until next time, Dios primero y que Dios te bendiga. Ciao.